Hello, and welcome to Marriage and Money, a conversational podcast about personal financial topics aimed at taking the money stress out of marriage and turning the focus to enjoying life together. This is a weekly discussion brought to you by a seemingly financially incompatible couple bonded by the legal contract of marriage. My name is David, your favorite saver, and I'm joined today by the person I enjoy talking most to on a daily basis, Heather. It's good. It's a daily basis. <laughs> Heather, could you remind us um, how people could potentially get a hold of us if they want to ask us questions or share some comments? Yes, we would love to hear from you. We actually have our first question. We're going to um, handle or cover that at the end of the talk today. But um, yes, please email us at marriageandmoneypodcast at gmail.com. Or you can message us on Instagram at marriage.and.money. You sure can. And we have a great show for you today. Today, we are going to be talking about communication. But first, as always, Heather, I want to hear what's happening in, in our life, life today. And I'm sure the listeners do as well. Oh, I'm sure. Because <laughs> we're so interesting. We're very, we're we? very interesting. No, no. <laughs> so we're back in Singapore. And so we're enjoying getting back into the routine life here, enjoying the pool. I go walking outside every day. We're watching movies on the projector. Kind of get back into back into our life here uh we, it was our first t- time going back to the united states so we were a little worried about like what the money situation would look like how much money are we going to spend when we're back in the states um but it wasn't that bad so most of our money in singapore actually goes to eating out or let's be honest ikea i do have a little bit <laughs> we of... <laughs> just did an ikea run this week so yes. maybe so yeah maybe one of our first days back we went there Ugh. <laughs> no, we, we don't have a lot of furniture here, so I understand it. But yes, um, lots of Ikea. <laughs> but we have got a long episode today, so we don't have time to talk because we need to get to talking to about jump. talking. Good point. We got to jump We need into to this. stop talking. We can start talking about <laughs> but talking. But you're so much fun to talk to. No, so today we're talking about communication, and I couldn't think of a more important conversation. I wouldn't call this. I know we, I've, I've said saving was my most important, com, my most important or favorite topic, and it is. But I would say this is probably the most important topic when it comes to finances. And so, why is why we're going to talk a little bit here about why communication is so important? And I think the best way to start that would be to share a little bit of our journey and our communication story as a couple. Um, Heather, how would you describe this? Well, first, I just want to say, I'm sure people are thinking, hold on, I thought this was a money, a marriage and money podcast. (laughs) What what are we doing talking about communication? That sounds kind of fluffy here. Good question. That is a great question. Um, But honestly, so this has to do obviously a lot more about the marriage side of our podcast, because if you're single... You, you can definitely talk to yourself. I'm totally guilty of that. I It's super helpful. I really, I'm a really great person to talk to. I enjoy talking to myself. But if you are married... <laughs> Does somebody you, have a big head right now? <laughs> <laughs> if you are married, you have to talk. And you have to talk about everything, including money. Especially money. So if you haven't done that, put it on the list. Yes. And so, yeah, essentially, communication is, is core to a marriage, and it's the only way that talking about money happens and getting on the same page as with money with your spouse is by having that conversation. And Heather, we've been, we've been talking about money uh, probably in one form or another from the beginning of our relationship, but in different ways, right? So I, I think back to 
um, think back to how that's evolved over time. So like when we were first starting out dating, we'd talk about um, we'd talk about things like what what we'd like to spend money on or what um, what our financial situation was as individuals, how much money we made, et cetera, right? Yeah, and for people that don't know us, um, when we started dating, I actually moved to New York City. So we were in a long-distance relationship from the start. And one of the first conversations we had was like, how are we going to do this long-distance thing? And I remember approaching the topic with David and being like, okay, what are you thinking? And he was like, well, my sister lives in California and I see her once a year. I, I can pay for two plane tickets a year to come see you. And then you could do two so we could see each other quarterly. That's very generous of me, wasn't it? Uh, I was like, not gonna. This is not gonna work. Plane tickets are not cheap. You got to admit, <laughs> plane tickets are expensive. I was like, we're gonna need to see each other more. So we ended up flying every two weeks, um, buying plane tickets instead of every quarter. So um, the the compromise <laughs> was your approach, is what I'm hearing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was I had a lot more influence back then. I think than I do now. <laughs> <laughs> not a lot has changed, honestly. You so still get your way. That was a good look into. Okay, this is how different we are. But honestly, like I know that sounds like a lot of money, but back then you could fly for 200 bucks. So once a month you were spending 200 bucks on a plane ticket, either David was or I was, we were each spending. And then you weren't spending all that money on dates and like, you know, going to movies and out to dinner. You were just buying a plane ticket. So and in my head, so I wasn't that many years out of college and I owned a home and had a mortgage to pay and it, $200 felt like a lot to me at the time. And so I think it's it's a matter of perspective. And we were making about the same amount of money at that time. And so I think it was just, it, it was it was a matter of perspective of where we were coming from, but it felt like a lot to me. Um, and I think money can also cause a lot of arguments. And that's another reason why communicating on it effectively is, is appropriate or is required. Um, when when we were dating, I and and then even into our early uh, marriage life, we argued over a lot of things, and a lot of them were really dumb things. I remember um, even when we were dating, how I would get upset about about the dumbest things. Like so, Heather, you I know we've talked about this before, but um, th- there was a time where you had to drive a few extra miles to pick something up. You you got something in the next town over and you were driving to the next town. And I was thinking, what a waste of gas to make a special trip to pick up this. I don't even remember what the item was, but to pick up this item and you could just wait, just wait a week until you're going to be back in that direction anyway and save the gas money. Why are we wasting money like this? And, uh, and I kind of bottled this stuff up a little bit. At times I'd bottle it up and it would, and then it'd blow up into a bigger deal. And at times I'd just talk about it and you'd think I was crazy, but we, we weren't on the same page and partially yeah. because we weren't talking about it in the right, right healthy way. Up front. Yeah. That was definitely completely caught me off guard. Like, what are you talking about? I didn't even think twice about doing that drive. <laughs> so we were definitely not on the same page now occasionally i still do call you crazy but i'm working it's less it's less frequent that you're, I do that. you're more <laughs> you think about about things so and i think this is a great point is that now as things have changed you've start to th- think about things through my lens a little bit and have, right. and so you might say this david might think about this in a ridiculous fashion but at least i know how he's going to think about it and so then i can approach him and have a conversation about it Right. I mean, it does create, 
it does create a lot of arguments. And so, I mean, just think about it. This is just like any soap opera or movie. It all comes down to that famous miscommunication. So you really just have to talk about things and it even money. You have to talk about it. And, and if you don't, it becomes a cause of divorce. These arguments happen. Um, and everyone is going to have to deal with, with money. I know you might think, oh, I... I don't make a lot of money or I do make a lot of money. And so either that, that resolves my problem, but this applies to everyone. Yeah. I mean, nobody wants a divorce. Come on. You guys chose to be together forever and we want that for you. Plus divorces are expensive. So let's not go there, but yes, everyone has to deal with it. Think about it. You know, people often think, well, if I had more money, I wouldn't have these problems, but let me tell you people, even Kanye and Kim Kardashian have to talk about what type of jet that they're going to buy. <laughs> And get in arguments about it, I oh. guarantee. So it's just a different problems different for different people. And it's funny because it seems ridiculous. Oh, what, what jet or what yacht do, should we buy? But at that level, which I can't even fathom, it, it's a real thing, right? It, it is a real problem for, for whatever level you're at. It, it's a real problem for you. Uh, and now as you, you're you're becoming you're coming together as a couple you're really you're two becoming one right when you get married and so this is something that even if you don't combine your finances um uh you probably if you heard our episode earlier on combining or not combining finances whichever way you approach this you're still coming together you still need to have a conversation about what that strategy is Yes. And, and this only gets more complicated as life progresses. Think about it. Like when you're just starting out, you're all lovey-dovey. It's just the two of you. But then you add a couple, you add a dog, you add a house, you add a couple kids, you add all this stuff. And it just gets more complicated with life progressing. So you need to talk about it now because it's going to become even more important later in your marriage. Exactly. And I have to say, I am very fortunate that I married someone, a guy who likes to talk. Phew. I know that there are guys and girls even out there who don't like to talk. But I remember learning that David would actually like talk to people on the phone when we were dating. <laughs> and I was super impressed. I'm like, yes, I got a talker. Well, so... I would consider myself very much an introvert. And just because I am on a podcast with you and what we do on the podcast is talk doesn't mean that I would consider myself the kind of guy that just loves talking. And I don't think most of my friends would say, oh, yeah, David, he just won't shut up. <laughs> no, but you do like to engage in conversation. I'll, I'll engage. I engage with you. I like talking with you. You're a great person. As I said in the intro, you're the person I like speaking to most uh, after all. So, okay, so we've established it's important to have this communication. Um, and so depending on what stage you're at in your relationship, we want to offer a, a little bit of insight into how you might approach this uh, if you haven't already. So, Heather, where would you start with a, a new relationship? Okay, so in a new relationship, you're kind of starting from scratch. So you, you need to lay out the financial picture, right? So it's really starting with the basics. So start talking about your debts, like what, what debts do you have? What are your assets? You know, lay, you know, talk about kind of where you're at. Um, Debts and financial. assets. This sounds really boring. I'm sorry. And I know that sounds very accounting. You're putting me to sleep very over here. Focused. Um, okay. Well then once you get down with that, you need to talk about your spending habits um, and your saving habits, which that sounds interesting to you. Personally, I think spending 
is just a habit of mine. But um, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not really sure what they mean by that, other than just. I like to spend, but, um, oh, well, you got to do it responsibly. And so this is all about, we want to get on the same page with, with how do we spend it? This is really about getting to know each other's history with money. How do they approach money? And, and, and then what is, yeah. And like we said, what is their history with money? And this is, this is a great time. Not that there's ever a great time, but, but the, the best time to get that, that dirty laundry out there about. Ooh, uh, now we're talking. Now I we're know, getting the juicy stuff. I know. So people are, people will talk about past relationships and their, you know, with, with their, with their new, um, new person of interest, um, their new significant other. Uh, but I feel like money oftentimes is one of those places where we're kind of scared, scared to share, Oh, here is my past money history. Yeah. I might've had this bankruptcy. Ooh, you know, I have this, uh, these outstanding credit card balances or this loan out here. Those are things we don't like to talk about, but that is the time you want to talk about it. The earlier, the better. This stuff does not, it's not like wine. It doesn't get better with age. <laughs> Good point. So what else, What if you've, I think that pretty much covers it, right? For, for a new relationship? I think so, yeah. Oh, think... our, sorry. One more thing would be, how do you feel about money? Kind of your money story. So your background, we, we talked about this in a really early episode about kind of where we come from and, and how, how our backgrounds kind of shaped who we are and how we think about money. So I think that's always a good, good topic to get out there. And that gives people a little bit of context of where you're coming from. Like David mentioned earlier, you know, that's really helped me to put myself in his shoes and try, try, try my hardest. I try my darnest to put myself in his point of view. It's even. quite a stretch for you, isn't <laughs> it, it? It is. It really <laughs> is in this area. Not in others, but, um, but to, that helps you to be able to put yourself in their situation when you're in those conversations. Yeah. And the other thing, now that you mention it about this, is that when you're talking about your money story and how how money has shaped you or how you've shaped money, th- that really shares your values as well. So um, I, we may have mentioned before that your your heart is where your money is oftentimes, and you spend your money where your heart is. Those, those things very much are intertwined. And so if you're able to share that um, with your significant other, that is going to, that's going to help give them insight into who you are and what you value as a person. Yes. And, and so then for those that are already married or in a long-term relationship, um, I, I think if you haven't had these conversations, have them. Yeah. If you haven't had these, do it ASAP. Stop what you're doing right now. Just stop it. Drop, <laughs> stop, drop, Push pause. Go to the local Dairy Queen. Get some ice cream, go for a walk, and talk about money now. The best way to talk about money is first by spending a little bit to do it. No, just kidding. Uh, but it depends. But, <laughs> depends on the situation. Just a little bit of money to have a little ice cream. No, <laughs> it's not a bad idea. You want to. I think the point though is that you want to be in a comfortable environment, and you want to get these conversations, especially those those early conversations for new relationships that we just covered. If you haven't had it. Stop what you're doing. Get that done right away, um, and get in a get into a comfortable environment where where you can have those conversations. And uh, it's important that that if if you have had those those conversations in the past, but you haven't had them in a while, you may want to check back in on them because 
oftentimes, especially if you've gone a while without talking about money with your spouse, your positions may have changed from when you were dating or your spouse's positions may have changed from when you were initially dating. Right. And it's also, it's really foundational. So like David said, to check in frequently, but also you need to establish that both of you need to be engaged in managing the finances. I feel like a lot of times there's one person that takes the charge in this and it becomes their duty and it really can't be like someone can be the leader, but both of you need to be at the table. You both need to be in the game of poker on this. You both need to be engaged in running your finances. And this is so critical, but I think it's also in certain relationships, this can be the hardest thing for couples to get their hands around because so oftentimes Um, I mean, we've had friends where one of them is very much into, I want to do this. I want to plan. I want to be a part. I want my spouse to come along with me on this ride. And they're just not there. And um, so I, this, but you both need to be there for this to work. Certainly. So um, pretty much every decision that you make in your marriage has a financial impact. Either your it's a dis- impact on you or you're making a decision that impacts your spouse. Even if it's not necessarily a, a, a inherently a financial decision, it's not we're making an investment. You're still you're buying things like a car or a furniture. You're going on vacations or planning vacations. You're thinking about having children or you already have children and then you got to think about schools, private or public. You got to think about what sports they're going into, what colleges to plan for. You might have job transitions. You might be thinking about where to live. I, there's so many things here that that can impact that aren't necessarily strictly financial. Yeah. And, and I remember just a story from our, I mean, obviously there's, he listed a million re- things and conversations we've had, but I remember a few years ago when I toyed, I wanted to go back to business school. Um, oh and... boy. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm getting PTSD getting already on this trauma one. From this. And, <laughs> I think uh, I remember. <laughs> and I got David on board uh, with letting me go back. I was going to continue working and I was able to get actually sponsorship for my company. And so David agreed, like, this is great. You know, you can go to this school. It was a really expensive school. It was about $200,000 to go back to business school, but it was covered. But I had to sign up for a contract with my company to stay for three years. So David's like, okay, Heather, you're signing up for this. Like, we're doing this. Um, I made you, like, sign in blood, basically, (laughs) that, hey, you are sticking with this commitment because we're talking about 200 grand here. This is not a small deal. We would have to pay back if I didn't stay. And fast forward, um, I started my new job the day after the week, the Monday after I graduated from business school at a new company. Let me tell you how excited I was about that. (laughs) So. Anyway, we're not getting into the details of that. Like I said, it's still a little bit We fresh. did talk about so. it. I'll give you that. So to her benefit, we did have a conversation there about it. There was a it. lot of conversations. But anyway, there's always things like that that come up in your marriage that you really need to come to an agreement and be on the same page when you're making decisions. Especially a decision like that. That's a big one. <laughs> and And so there are these expectations. And so in that case, my expectation was... Heather's going to stay at this job until her commitment is up, right? And so I feel like a lot of times we don't necessarily vocalize what those expectations are. And in this case, those expectations were very much vocalized and we we talked about them. But early on in our marriage, one of the things that surprised me so much, um, specifically when we went through marriage counseling um, before getting married, was 
how many expectations there were out there that that didn't necessarily line up. Some were around finances. A lot were around finances where they didn't line up, but not necessarily all of them. And it's those unspoken expectations that normally bite us. Yeah, uh, that was really helpful. I, I had no idea the number of expectations. I mean, this isn't even, well, it's kind of financial. I remember when we were in this counseling and I was like, well, I don't, I don't know what they're talking about. I, our marriage is going to look exactly like I think. And um, somehow it came up that like I was expecting David to take care of all of our cars, like do the maintenance, um, take them in for the oil changes, get take them in for their appointments. Like that's what happened in my growing up. My dad took care of the cars and I just assumed, awesome, I don't have to take care of my car anymore. My husband's going to do this. Nope. That was not <laughs> where David's head was. He's like, you can take care of your own car. You're woman. a strong, independent woman. You've managed all these years as a single girl. So it's not a manly job. Come on. Anybody can do that. So it was just shocking. Just something really small that I had no idea was so ingrained in an expectation, but we came across by having a conversation. It, right. And, and it stopped having so many arguments because it's like, okay, now I know what the expectation is. Now I'm not going to get grumpy when he doesn't go fill up my car with gas or take it in for the oil change. It's like, well, dude, it's, it's overdue. But now I know, oh, that's he's not going to do that. So now I don't get angry. <laughs> I appreciate you not getting <laughs> angry with me about that. Yeah. And, and yeah, those unset expectations are what bite us. So what we what really was really helpful for us was we went through most every area of our life and just said, what's the expectation around cars, around cooking, cleaning, house maintenance, um, paying bills, all those things just kind of went down the line of what does it take to live life? And and I think it was really helpful for us. Yeah. So we found this great article, we'll put it in the notes on tips on how to have these conversations. We've talked a little bit about the topics and things, but I'm just going to go through some of these really briefly and David jump in if you've got something to add. Um, but number one is listen, you, you need, I know we're talking about talking, 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 <laughs> but you both can't be taught. You have to listen. You have to be respectful. You have to listen to that other person. Um, you have to shut your mouth and listen. And I would really say important. it's not just listening. It's listening with, with, um, empathy to be able to see it through their eyes. Right. And so they, when you, when they're saying something, when they're saying, I want to spend money on this, or I want to save this much, or I want to, whatever that uh, topic is, you're putting it through the lens, not your lens, not how you see it, but what's the lens that they're looking through and how they see this topic. Right. Another tip is to pick the right time and place. And let me tell you people, I've gotten really good at this. I know when is not the right time or like, oh, I've got something juicy to ask David. I need to set this up beautifully and, and it sounds like it occasionally involves ice cream but then also i've noticed <laughs> as we learned a couple episodes ago the right time was in the middle of a podcast okay well that wasn't <laughs> to break the news of some clothing spending <laughs> sometimes i will so do it in front of friends sometimes the right time and place you are not such an expert at <laughs> right but honestly a lot of our best conversations have been out on walks when we're walking i think Ladies out there, a lot of times I think guys need to be active when they're having a conversation. So if you can go for a walk, go for a drive or do something, I think that helps put them in the right um, uh, mindset. Um, going on money dates. So we have taken a time where we're like, hey, we're going to focus and go talk about this specific topic um, on an annual basis or a budget. So 
um, you know, or if there's a big purchase, like set aside time. It's kind of related to the other one, but have a specific, you know, date to talk about um, that conversation. Um, another thing uh, we, as I mentioned earlier, we've mentioned other episodes, like we, we love Jesus. So praying together, praying about it, um, praying about what you should do with your finances, bringing Jesus into it. That's always a great tip. Um, and uh, I think the one other one I just want to focus on is seeking your spouse's counsel. So um, even if it, obviously money is a, is a joint conversation, but like bringing them into the conversation to say, I want to know what your opinion is on this, especially if it's something specific related to you. I think that that goes a long way to, to show them that you respect, not only are you having this conversation, but you respect and want their opinion and their counsel on it. And if you take the time to ask their, their opinion and their counsel, my guess is that if you haven't been doing that, you're going to be surprised just how much insight there is. Um, your spouse knows you like no one else. They know your situation like no one else. And it, they are going to be able to offer some of the wisest insight um, into your situation, into your situation as a couple and into your situation personally. So please do that. <laughs> so I think I pretty much nailed giving some great advice on how to have a successful <laughs> conversation. So David, let's just turn it to you here. Um, what if someone doesn't want to engage or participate in this conversation about oh, money? What do you yeah. do? I mean, we, we just talked about how engagement from both parties is the number one thing that you have to have in order for communication to work. If, if two parties aren't both in agreement that talking about money is important, then this falls apart. So um, I, I would say step one is is to ask is to uh, explain to that person why this is so important for for you to talk about with them so odds are if they're married to you if they're in a relationship with you um it's because they love you and they care about you deeply and if they care about you deeply they're going to want to know about things that are important to you and if you can explain to them why this is so important to you why it's so critical to you that you have this conversation um, I think that's going to go a long way in bringing them on board. And you you don't want to come off confrontational. So uh, th that would be my second piece of advice is it's so easy when you run up against some resistance to push harder and to push harder and just think you're going to break through that barrier. But I don't think that's the case here. Um, you want to come with, with, with a, a mindset of, I want to learn why you you perhaps are resistant to this. What what is it that's making you uncomfortable about this? Here's why it's important to me. What's making you uncomfortable? How can we work through this? Um, yeah. You know, we, we're we're not ones that are going to have all the answers. I don't think you should. Heather and I don't have all the answers. I don't think you should approach your spouse thinking that, that you have all the answers. Yeah, definitely. If you get them to start talking about it, don't come in with, well, this is what we need to do. This is what I said. This is what David and Heather said from our favorite podcast. I know that you're going to want to like give our advice to your spouse. We're their favorite podcast now. Yeah, but um, <laughs> don't use our name in vain like that because they're going to be like, who's David and Heather? And then you have to tell them to subscribe. But anyway, um, you know, don't don't come in with, here's all the here's all the answers and here's what we should do. Yeah, exactly. And if so, at, at the core of this, though, my my point is, is that if they don't want to participate in in a conversation that you think is critical to your marriage or to your relationship, 
you may need to get some outside help uh, to, to work through that. I mean, we, we certainly aren't qualified to be able to offer advice on a, 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 a spouse or a, a partner that's super, super resistant. That's where I, I think seeing a counselor or working through some of these issues um, with, with uh, someone that's a little bit more trained than, than us uh, would come in very handy. And last but not least, um, pray for them. I mean, you should be praying for your yes. spouse every day anyway, but um, pray for them in this situation that they'll come to the table and be willing to have a conversation with you. Completely agree. Great advice, David. So, I knew that you could handle the tough questions, which is why I turned it over to you for that. <laughs> that was Especially since you're married to a difficult person. Oh my goodness. I <laughs> I am not married to a difficult person, just a person that <laughs> likes to push me really hard. But I I learn to push back in in gentle ways as well once in a while. All right. Um, yeah. Well, Heather, do do we have anything for our, the folks at home to discuss? Yeah. This week? So thanks for listening to our conversation. Now we want you to continue the conversation. Hopefully, um, your spouse will be willing to sit down and have that conversation. Um, so uh, what we want you to do is set up a specific time to have this conversation about money. If you want to go to the Dairy Queen, great. If not, that's fine too. Um, if you are newly married or engaged, start the conversation. Uh, talk about the different items that we talked about. Uh, if you've been married for a while and you don't know a lot about your financial system situation, ask them to share with you. Maybe you're the one who hasn't really been engaged. So ask them, ask to get up to speed on where you are as a family. Or if you're the one who has been engaged, um, tell them that you want to share with them where you are in your financial situation. So, uh, and then also set up a frequency um, with each other to revisit the conversation on a regular basis. So don't just do this one time. Um, start the conversation and then set up times to do it. And if I could throw one more thing in there, just as a footnote, I I want to remind you, don't try to tackle everything necessarily or feel like you have to tackle all of the topics and all, all of the areas that we discussed today in one session. These conversations, I understand, depending on where you're at, um, with your relationship and with your conversations on money, these conversations can be draining. And so pace yourself out, feel, start, start and have having those conversations, but don't feel like you have to talk about the whole suite of everything in one sitting. So David, for us, what has changed most in our financial conversations over oh, time? Oh man. So we talked a little bit, <laughs> I, I like the question because, because we talked a little bit about the evolution, right? Yeah. And so I feel like we've changed a lot. Um, the first thing that comes to mind is that we've become more focused on finding solutions together. We're, we're less about, we're less thinking about here's what you're doing wrong or what I'm doing wrong. And we're more about, okay, what, now that we're thinking about goals, how do we work towards those goals together? I think that's huge. So, it, oh, what what does it look like for you? So for me, I think it's become less emotional. So I think when we first got married, I felt like the victim. It was my money. I worked hard, um, and I learned to realize that's not true. Um, and we that that it's our money. We work together, and so I've been able to take the emotion out of the conversation, which has been super helpful. Um, and the, the other big thing I think for me has been frequency. So we talk more. Um, we have the monthly budget committee. We have the state of the marriage. We're talking about goals all the time. I mean, anytime I want to spend money, that's not in plan. So I just feel like we're talking about it more. And I think that's helped. 
Great. Well, let's move on to our listener question. I know we're starting to run a little bit long on time here. Today's question comes from Sarah, and Sarah asks, how much car debt should we go into? For context, we don't have car payments now. We own our Suburban and our van. Our only debt we have is a mortgage on a 15-year payoff plan and a medical school loan. We pay cash for everything and max out our retirement funds each year with a financial plan to retire. We have four kids and our vacations are spent on trips in our camper. I see vacations as a camper uh, as a must in life rather than as a luxury. We feel strongly the time and effort we spend together on these trips is an investment in our family. The reason we purchased the camper is that we calculated is the cheapest way to get our family of six out on trips and having experiences. We really dislike debt and have a small amount of monthly income that could potentially be used for a car payment. We are considering a payment for the first time in our marriage because the truck we are using to haul our camper is going to die at any moment. We have two options. We can buy an older truck that has more miles on it for about $20,000. This will last us five years and we will put about $5,000 into it to maintain it. Or we can take a higher car loan, say $50,000, to get a truck that will only need regular maintenance over the next five to eight years. We could pay it off in about five years. It should last us 10 years total before we start to look for a replacement. Additionally, our van will need to be replaced in two years. In your opinion, what option should we choose? Heather, where would you uh, recommend Sarah go? So first of all, you are doing incredible. I just want to say way to go. That is awesome that your only debt, um, you know, is your home and your student loans like that is fantastic. And I love, 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 love to hear that you hate debt. That is awesome because a lot of people don't feel that way. So step number one is that. So way to go and that. I also love that you value vacations in your camper with your kids. I totally get that. I want that for you. I really do. I value vacations. I think that's really great. But I do not want you to go into debt for this. And I don't think you're going to like our answer because you laid out two options and they both included going into debt. So we really, really don't, <laughs> yes. don't want you to go into debt. Um, we are going into the fall and winter time. You said you have the money for a payment. So I would start, you know, socking away that monthly payment that you're thinking of having anyway right now. And also like see where else you can squeeze. Like, you know, what can you save over the next six months? Like maybe you can tighten your budget a little bit. Maybe there's a little bit out of the groceries or going out to eat or something. Like maybe you can make some sacrifices for the next six months to squeeze a little bit so that you can find some extra money to save up, to put something away, um, to, to pay cash. But we're, we're really going to want you to pay cash. Exactly. And I, so I did a little math. Um, on a $50,000 loan, the payment is around $700 to $1,000 a month. So I'm assuming you can afford to put $700 to $1,000 a month away every month. And so start doing that now, especially in the winter. Um, the interest on that $50,000 truck loan would be about six to th- six to $7,000 over the course of those five years. That amounts to about the cost to maintain um, like a rental truck over or, or your current truck over the course of um, 
a year, you said. You're putting about five grand a year into it. So there's there's the cost to at least keep your truck going for a year. And I, th- I would also encourage you to look at uh, alternate options. Um, for example, let's say you sold your truck today, your, your truck that's breaking down. If you're, you, you said that you're only going on a couple, you're doing a few vacations. I don't know how many that is a year. But for a few vacations a year, you could rent a truck. So for, I don't know how much a truck rental costs. I looked up, I did a little bit of research before the recording here. I saw truck rentals as, you know, far below, below $100 a day. But let's say it costs $100 a day for you, or $150 a day for you to rent a truck and you spent a month on the road. Well, that's $4,200 on a for for a truck um, to rent it, and I think you if you can afford a, a monthly truck payment of a thousand dollars, you can afford forty two hundred dollars for a car, truck rental while you're saving for your truck. Yeah, I had that same thought too. I know this isn't the the best solution, but it, it's, it's a short fun. term. It's a short term problem because you're you're so close. You're there. You can squeeze the next couple of years. You can rent. You can p- pile that money aside, and you can get that truck for for cash, and you'll feel so much better without having that. I I just have a hard time recommending anyone to go into debt to support a vacation. As much as I love vacations. So thank you so much for that question. We, we greatly appreciate it. Please keep those questions coming, and we would love to hear more from you. So I think that about wraps it up for our conversation today. We'd love to hear how your conversations around money and your marriage have gone or to take your questions in a future episode. You can email us at marriageandmoneypodcast at gmail.com or message us on Instagram at marriage.and.money. Also, please rate and review us on iTunes as that helps us reach more people. Thanks again for joining us this week. And remember that whether you are a spender or a saver, your best financial life lies somewhere in the middle.